Hello, everybody. My name is Paul Duncan, and this is the Football Scouting Podcast. Uh, today's guest, we have a fellow XTB scout, Tim Latero. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Paul. Thank you for uh, having me on. How are you doing? Doing well. So when we start off these podcasts, we usually like to give a little introduction, know about your background. Like, how did you just get into football in general? Was your dad an NFL head coach, or did you come from a family that didn't like football? You got to fall somewhere in that spectrum. <laughs> um, well, my dad um, really got me into it at a young age. Um, I've always been rooting for the Cowboys, you know, since I was born. Um, and then I really started getting into, uh, you know, like the uh, the details of it, probably around uh, middle school age. Um, I started, you know, playing fantasy football. I started playing Madden and, you know, it just helped with like understanding the basics of it. Um, and then from there, um, I have a few family members who are, you know, into the more detailed side of it. So I started, um, having conversations with them about it and, you know, found myself here today. Oh, were they, uh, were they more, co- was it coaching background, recruiting background, or just did um, you play at all? Uh, I had a few family members play uh, high school, a little D3, nothing crazy. Um, I had a cu- you know, a couple, you know, like peewee coaches here and there. Uh, nothing, nothing too crazy, but just, you know, guys who enjoy the game and, you know, try to be a part of it in their life and, you know, eventually rubbed off on me. Yep. Yeah, that was kind of the strange thing about me is that I really didn't have that. I started liking football by reading like newspapers and stuff and uh, what is it, when I was four, the Cleveland Browns came back, so there was kind of like football mania, and people were starting to watch like football on Sundays again, and I just started watching when I was four, and as like a little kid, and ne- never really stopped, but it was just kind of, it definitely was kind of weird, like trying to talk with family members about football, and they're like, oh, is this, is uh, TJ Ward still on the team? No, he we traded him two years ago. Gosh darn it! Like I had to have a lot of those conversations. So, um, when you we uh originally first got into contact with each other when we were both working for DraftRight, mm-hmm. we started working with uh, John to uh start producing draft content for his site, and you were one of the people who was already there at DraftRight that we kind of uh. Uh, brought in what made you decide to start like writing about football in general and uh like how uh, how did you I guess like get to draft right in the first place and what did you think when you started got uh when you joined our team yeah so um my journey so far has been a uh, very very quick um I started writing for uh blue chip scouting um in late December early January um and then you know, I decided to uh, branch out a bit, um, and uh, John actually hit me up um, and was like, hey, do you want to write for us? And, you know, I was like, sure. So I started writing for uh, Draft Right, and then, um, you know, you guys came along, and uh, Eric, uh, shout out Eric, he's a great guy, he uh, ended up um, boiling things down to kind of like the news side and then the scouting side, and I told him I wanted to do more of the scouting. Um, and then, you know, eventually... Uh, we disbanded from them, and you know now we're at a uh, expand the basketball with uh, Andy. 
Yep. So one of the things that we try to pride ourselves on at XTB is being some of the most realistic scouting reports out there. We want to be able to hand our scouting reports to a general manager just as easy, uh, easily as we would want the reports to be written by fans. What were some of the things that kind of like surprised you about making the uh, jump to being a more casual scout to actually doing this, I get for real? per se. One of the first things that really, really hit me um, was the attention to detail within the reports, um, how you word things, how you explain things, um, and how you paint a picture for, in this case, uh, the general manager, or simply just the reader. Um, you know, uh, we pay such close attention to those details, and it, I really think that's what sets us apart from the best or from the rest, I should say. Um, and, uh, you know, going from uh, just a casual scout, watching guys um, and just taking random notes on them to doing full-fledged reports uh, and, you know, detailing every part of their game, um, you know, it was a big jump, but it was definitely one that uh, I'm proud, you know, we took. Because, mm-hmm. like, I can tell when reading some of the work at DraftRight in early um... – in the early XTB stuff is that like you, we could tell that we, you knew what you were talking about. We could tell that like you weren't like stupid or not like watching the games, but it just still needed some like season, uh, seasoning a bit. Like you were still very big on cliches. You still kind of like said a whole bunch of like medium, like Mel Kuyper type things. <laughs> you always, uh, like he he can make all the throws or he knows how to get the job done like saying things yeah. that don't mean anything um what was kind of the what do you think was kind of the biggest shift or how did you get from that point to where you are now when i read through a couple of your reports and they were they were all really really well written i wouldn't have been able to tell the difference between one of those that you uh read or that you wrote or and uh, it compares nicely to a lot of our better, more experienced writers. How um how did that happen for you? Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But um, <laughs> it, it definitely took some time. Um, there was a period where I took uh, about a week or two, um, of like just not watching film, um, and I just sat down and every day I made sure to write something that I felt and you know that I was thinking about. This uh, one player was actually uh, Greg Island. Uh, OT from uh, Mississippi State and I worked on him and I made sure that everything I said was detailed to a point where there was no questions to be asked about what I said so um, I made sure there was no cliches I made sure that the language being used was um, you know thought through um, and it wasn't just a uh, you know a, a quick note that you think of when you're when you're watching the guy Okay, yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm going to pull uh pull this this one up, and then we can kind of like actually see what exactly you said, and then we can maybe say compare it to what you may have said before you went um yeah. went and did this. So we have so functional short area. Um, so this is a strength for Greg Island. Functional short area mobility leads to uh, promising NFL caliber footwork. 
All right, so from that, I can tell that he is really quick in, in short, uh, short spaces and doesn't waste a lot of steps. So saying something like this would be more accurate than just saying he has good footwork. Exactly. So, so saying he would have good footwork might be something February or March Tim might write, but now, uh, now, now you can say exactly, give more of a visual idea of what that, uh, what that player is. Um, massive NFL ready frame for the position. I mean, using, using words like NFL ready to me are huge because in scouting, um, making the comparing college players to what NFL players already are. It's one thing to say the guy's big. It's another thing to say he's like as big as the NFL boys. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Punches are forceful, accurate, and well-timed. So probably has really good, quick hands, good hand placement. Holds blocks long enough to let carriers slip by and sets timely positional blocks. And then, let's see. And then for weaknesses, reacts too slowly to stunts and other movements pre and post snap. So that's one of those. That's something that I can I can tell you've seen because. That's uh, instincts, being able to have, like, the vision to see, hey, there's a stunt coming around, and you were able to, one, recognize the defense is running a stunt on him and recognize that he wasn't looking in the right direction. Is that correct? Yep. All right. So, yeah, I think those are kind of, like, what we refer to as kind of, like, taking the next step in scouting is, one, you see a trait that is good and using more desc- more descriptive uh, more descriptive language showing when he is good what happens when he does this good thing he has powerful punches that jolt defenders back um, really adds one it's just be- it's better for writing for and for reader purpose for the public but it also just shows that you're not uh, not being lazy and you're uh, actually watching through the tape now that's kind of more on the writing end how about on the watching film end? What have you really like le- uh, learned about, or how has you changed watching film from February Tim to now Tim? Well, uh, I would break that down into uh, two different aspects. Uh, one is simply just knowing and understanding what I'm seeing. Um, I came in uh, with next to no understanding of uh, offensive line, you know, just everything pretty much. Um, and, you know, with the help of you guys and doing research on my own, you know, I feel like I, I'm not I'm still not completely where I want to be with them. But I'm definitely, definitely uh, comfortable, um, you know, scouting offensive line prospects now. And I, I'm actually uh, starting to enjoy it. You know, it used yeah. to be a position I avoid. But, um, you know, now it's one I actually uh, look forward to scouting. But, um, you know, that applies to pretty much every position. Um, you know, just the knowledge of each position has grown. And then the um, second portion of that would just be uh, note taking. Um, and that's still something I'm trying to uh, work out the uh, the kinks with because um, it's uh, it, it's definitely harder than I was expecting. You know, I thought, uh, oh, I'll just watch this player, you know, write down what I think and then put that on a report. But, you know, it's just not that easy. You got to really take detailed notes about exactly what the player does and exactly what you see. So. That's definitely something uh, that I've had to work on. And how often it happens, because usually um, in my reports, um, 
I usually just have a Google Doc open in every play where something significant happens or every time there's something that I notice, I just kind of jot it down. And then kind of towards like the end of the game, I'll look down and see how many times I mentioned quick footwork, how many times I mentioned uh, good tackling technique or how often um, the player has kind of been lining up in this type of formation. So note-taking is definitely something that you need to kind of figure something out for yourself. Maybe the way I do things isn't the way that uh, you're going to um, do things, but as long as you have a way that when you check your notes after you're done with the game, you can kind of like break it down and have like key points that, that you're talking about. You kind of know how often this stuff happens. Because, you know, um, have you ever watched a guy one game and he looked great or looked terrible and the next game he looked like a completely different player? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to happen. And that's why it's important to watch more than four games, sometimes even more than six if it's like a safety or something, because there is going to be you need a lot of sample size. You Mm -hmm. want to you don't want to say a player is a bad tackler because he missed two tackles in the three games you watch, but he doesn't miss a tackle in any of the other games. He's the best tackling safety in the country. Mm-hmm. Things like that can happen. Scouting is hard. Yeah, it's uh, definitely tough. It's definitely tough. Mm-hmm. What have you, uh, what have you learned from uh, Searle? Cause I know Searle has been the main guy that um, has been training most of us. Heck, I even learned things from Searle. <laughs> like I was just so blown away when I got to like talk, uh, talk with him about things and there's kind of like a point that you get into scouting. It actually applies into a lot of things in life is that once you start learning about things and like in the first couple months, you kind of think you get it. But then there's like a second little jump where once you start get learning more, you start learning all of the things you don't mm-hmm. know. And then you start and then you, you like you can go from thinking, you know, a lot about the sport then learning more, and then you actually think you know less of uh, less because you've learned so much more stuff that you don't know. Exactly. That's kind of what happened to me with Searle. It's like, you know, I've been want, uh, working with PFF and doing all this stuff for SIS for three years. I've been around the game of football in some capacity since I can remember. I, I'm a really smart guy for my age. And then this guy comes in even younger, was pretty much the co-defensive coordinator for a high school team who's explaining to me match match coverage and zone matches and i'm like wait a second i thought there was man and zone what is this combo match zone thing (laughs) and so it's been really great to have him around to be kind of like the um, main trainer and i was just wondering uh how has he impacted you what have you learned from him how has he changed the way you scout and watch football players he's been great um you know he's his knowledge about just not even about just scouting, but everything in general, whether it's, uh, you know, writing notes, writing the articles, you know, everything. He's um, he's really, really helped. He's uh, given me a lot of tough love, which I appreciate because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, you, you need that sometimes. Um, and he's also, you know, really uh, been supportive through the, uh, the, the rough moments um, and then when things work out. So, um, you know, he's been great. He's uh, really taught me to the. Uh, pay attention to details um because that was one thing that you know you uh, noted on early on i wasn't really um you know paying too much attention to but uh yeah he's been awesome you know mm-hmm. 
Uh, can you expand upon like any like specific detail thing you learned, say for the uh, defensive back position or um, linebacker position? Like think of one position and like one like little tip that you would look like uh, somebody to take out of this. Ooh, okay, so we got a couple. Um, I would say defensive players in general. He's taught me a lot about the uh, tackling tackling technique. Um, you know, how to wrap up with uh, proper strength and, you know, just the overall technique of, you know, not just kind of throwing your body into him, but rather, you know, getting a good grasp of the guy. Um, safeties, definitely, because uh, safeties are one of the harder positions to scout. Um, you know, the difference between between, a, you know, a range and, you know, just like long speed in general um, and how their instincts tie into all that. Uh, with cornerbacks, how they, um, you know, can uh, kind of go in phase with receivers um, and, you know, their uh, quick uh, change of direction. Um, yeah, there's a few other ones, but uh, those are probably the main ones I would uh, note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pro- you're probably just thinking, wait, I have to think of examples. I have like a hundred <laughs> in my mind. It's yeah, like- <laughs> I could go on for an hour about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, so... Uh, where do you hope to be in the um, over the next six months? I'm assuming you're going to uh, going to do your best to come down to the Senior Bowl with the, uh, with us. That was going to be an incredible exper- uh, experience. Um, what ways do you think that you can get just in general better, and uh, what resources or what do you plan on doing to get there? Um, well, yeah, like you said, I would uh, love to come down to the Senior Bowl. Um, I'm hoping with you know school and uh, work, I can somehow carve out a time, but um, I'm pretty confident I will. Um, But in the next six months, uh, I would really just like to, you know, just delve deeper into film. Um, Right now, I'm pretty limited for time. So it's kind of tough to really, really sit down and, you know, almost just like read a book on a player. Um, Mm -hmm. I've kind of had to, uh, you know, for the past six months, just kind of uh, kind of read the uh, the prologue of them rather than the entire book, but, uh, yeah, I really just want to sit down, be able to, um, understand the player better and understand, uh, the nuances of each position better, mm-hmm. which is just same growth. Yeah. So how have you been feeling about like the whole scheme aspect of football? I mean, I talk about this a lot. I love, to, I love scheme. I think that when you write scouting reports, you need to have great understanding of the player's system and what they're being asked to do. And I know that can be a really big uh, jump for some people. Uh, a lot, pretty much everybody, yeah, I think every single person in the group has either worked with PFF, Sports Info Solutions, or gone through the Scouting Academy. So everybody's had like some kind of uh, formal training on like schemes and just kind of like a base level of this stuff. How have you been um, learning uh, that kind of um, schematics, X's and O's? Do you feel like you had a good knowledge of that coming into this? And what um, what have you done? What resources have you been using beyond XTB, like favorite YouTube channels to get better at that uh, that aspect of scouting? Um, I felt I came in with a, uh, a, I'd say an average knowledge of them. Um, mm-hmm. I knew your standard coverages. I knew your... your um, you know, formations, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I knew, uh, you know, a decent amount of, you know, what, uh, coaches like to run and that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, it was definitely, uh, something new 
um, you know, really diving into the details of, you know, what each team runs, uh, especially offensively. Uh, defensively, I felt I knew a little bit better, but offensively, it was um, definitely, you know, different. Um, mm-hmm. I've def- I've, uh, I like to use, well, obviously you guys. Uh, you guys are a <laughs> massive help for that. But um, mm-hmm. just the uh, NFL uh, YouTube channels, uh, they do the uh, uh, Baldy Breakdowns, uh, you know, all the Game Pass clips. Um, there's a few YouTube channels here and there that do, uh, different, uh, you know, breakdowns of, uh, you know, different positions, but, um, shout him out, shout out <laughs> your favorites. Uh, well, I gotta go with the QB school. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's definitely Good. one of my favorite. Um, let's see, top villain. He's also a great one. And there's a few others, but you know, there's, um, there's definitely some good guys out there who definitely help a lot. All right. And I guess just uh, before we transition into talking about some of the players you scouted and uh, um, some of your favorite players, uh, what, I guess, general advice do you have on uh, just somebody who's doing scouting reports on one of those draft blogs and is just really trying to start getting into the into scouting? How would you what would you recommend to that uh, to them to get from wherever they're at to that next level of scouting understanding? Um you know, use the resources around you. You know, if you're on Twitter, there's, we have an, a fantastic community. Um, there's, I could name guys that I love, you know, interacting with for, for hours. Um, and they're always willing to help. Um, and it's a very, uh, you know, we bicker sometimes, but it's a very loving community for the yep. most part. You um, are, you are a good, tw- you are a good Twitter networker. You do make friends pretty easily <laughs> on there. Yeah, it, it's awesome. I love them, but, uh, mm-hmm. Definitely networking, you know, just figuring out people uh, to talk to and, you know, uh, you know, just enjoy having conversations with, um, you know, do your own research, uh, whether that's, you know, uh, articles about uh, certain things or, you know, YouTube videos um, and then just keep watching film. You know, um, it, you learn from experience a lot of the time, you know, you can read these articles and watch these videos, but unless you're doing it for yourself and seeing it for yourself, it's tough to really, uh, you know, implement what you're, you're learning. You know, it's a very hands-on kind of, uh, position. So just get out there and just do it. Absolutely. And the uh, crazy thing is, is like, there's so much, there's so much more to scouting. Like what we were, what I was talking about with like Jarvis is we haven't even like touched the aspect of in-person scouting. We're doing everything online. And the exactly. Pl- yeah. The places that we want to be working in the NFL, there's so, there's so much more that we have to learn and figure out. But by getting this base knowledge, we're putting ourselves in, uh, in position to do that. All right, let's talk about prospects. All right. Let's, um, so I guess we're going to start out with um, the most popular position to talk about uh, quarterback. We all know Trevor Lawrence is really, really good. Mm-hmm. We can talk about how good is really, really good, but we know he's really good. Justin Fields, he's going to be a first rounder. Trey Lance, I mean, he had a great year last year. He seems kind of locked into that, that three spot if he decides to come out. Uh, what quarterbacks have you looked at that you think might have a claim to be the fourth best quarterback in this draft? Um, so for me, I would go with Tanner Morgan. He was my, uh, he was one of my favorite watches this year. Um, he, he, he's got one of those brains that you just know 
and you can you watch him and you just know that he's a very very intelligent uh football player he knows the right reads he knows how to uh progress through his reads obviously um and uh i love his leadership you could just tell that he commands respect from that offense um and him and uh flex combo for the gophers has been insane um and then after that i would go with uh brock purdy he's a he's a tough one he's um He's got all the tools there, but hit the the technical aspects of the quarterback position he really really struggles with. Um, his footwork is just not where it needs to be. Um, and I've only caught one game this year. I don't know if they've uh, played again, but um, the game against Louisiana, he uh, he did not look great to say the least. He uh, was you know throwing off his back foot a lot um, and just things you don't really want to see. So um, those are probably the next two guys for me. Mm-hmm. One thing that I just kind of have a little general concern about with uh, Tanner Morgan is, so I wasn't that big of a Tua fan this coming um this past year, and a lot of the reason was is I um I had a theory that a lot of what his accuracy was was the fact that all four of his top wide receivers ran sub four four fives and were going to go to the NFL like. I would rather have Alabama's wide receivers last year than the Jets' wide receivers this year, and it's not even close. Oh, 100%. Yeah, or, like, like there are NFL teams that have worse receivers than what the Alabama did last year, and instead of going against regular college football players, some of whom are going to the NFL, some of them are going to work at their local bank, <laughs> every single corner that they're going to go up against is going to be good, and I think that was going to have a negative effect. How much of Tanner Morgan's success do you think was because he was throwing to Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman? Um, I definitely think you can, uh, you know, assess a little of that um, to those two guys because they are both fantastic players. You know, Tyler Johnson's with the Bucks now, um, and then Bateman's, you know, some guy's number one, but he's, you know, a pretty much a consensus top five guy, uh, not top five overall, top five receiver. But um you know, he's definitely not working with, you know, low caliber talent. Um, but uh, I, I still think Tanner is a, uh, a a solid quarterback. I question his ceiling. I think he's one of the uh, safer prospects. You know, he'll come in, do a job. I don't know if he'll turn into a, uh, you know, a superstar level player. Um, I question if he could really be a franchise guy. Um, but I think he could be, you know, a mid-tier starter in the NFL. Okay, yeah, because that was one of the things I kind of noticed is when uh, oftentimes when the first thing a person mentions about a quarterback is decision-making, my my immediate thought is, oh, great, does he not have a good arm? Does he not have good feet? (laughs) Because out of the eight, we we have eight traits that we look out for for quarterbacks. Decision-making is absolutely important. That's definitely what definitely something you want leadership is not officially a trait but it's like something that we're going to mention in the reports Mm -hmm. leadership is one of those things that's it can be a little tough to judge on film like a lot of leadership is what goes on in the locker room how he deals with the boys how he deals with the coaches so even though that absolutely is a critical trait um since we don't we can't interview the people we don't really measure it but throw arm strength accuracy playmaking how how was that for tanner morgan um, it wasn't anything to write home about, um, but it was it was definitely, um, you know, 
average to above average. He doesn't necessarily have a a noodle arm, but he doesn't also have a cannon. Um, he's he kind of falls into that just you know mid range average tier of uh you know physical traits. Okay. Um, and it, it's kind of the same with Brock Purdy too. They all they both have uh you know a decent arm. Um, they can make throws. They can get some zip on the ball. Um. They could make a couple plays with their feet, but they're not going to, you know, outrun too many NFL defenders. They could, you know, shift away from some linemen, but once they get to the second level, it's, you know, slide down, you know, call it a day. Um, yeah, I mean, they could, they could make a couple big throws here and there, but, you know, they're not going to throw it 70 yards to, you know, okay. bring, a, bring a score. Tanner, Tanner Morgan or Jake Fromm, who are you taking? Tanner Morgan. <laughs> Tanner Morgan. Okay. Yep. Because that that's that was you kind of what I was thinking about over the um with with that description. Um, Brock Purdy though, I thought he had a he had a little bit more with his legs. He's a bit more of a playmaker, a guy who can make plays around the pocket. I mean, I'm I'm a big believer that in today's NFL, you're at a huge advantage if you have a guy who can make plays out of structure. Did you see any of that from Brock Purdy? Yeah, definitely a little bit. Um, you know, he was, um, he looked a bit skittish in the pocket. So, uh, you know, a lot of the time he, um, you know, rolled out or, you know, scrambled when he didn't necessarily need to, but, um, he definitely has the ability to, you know, like you said, um, you know, make plays out of the pocket and, you know, uh, when, you know, when necessary. Um, but uh, I wouldn't say he's, you know, a, a fantastic at it. I think it's, um, you know, adequate. Okay, so he's not not Russell Wilson yet, and is not going to become that. Exactly. All right. All right. So you said you started uh, becoming a guy who enjoys watching offensive line play. Who yes. has been your favorite offensive lineman that you've watched in the last couple months? Oof, that's a tough one. Um, I Sidarius Hutcherson was uh, pretty fun uh, from uh, South Carolina. Um. Tackle guard or center? Guard. Uh, Robert Hainsey, uh, kind of guard tackle hybrid. Uh, I put him down as a guard, but um, he played tackle at uh, Notre Dame a little bit. Um, and then I guess Greg Island too. Greg Island. He was my first one, so he was a bit of a roller coaster. Um, yeah, those those are a couple guys. All right. And uh, what was the guy's name from South Carolina again? Darius Hutcherson. Hutcherson. What um describe him for me? What what would you say his uh, strengths and strengths and weaknesses are? Let's uh, can you give us a feel for him? Yeah. So um he's a pretty big dude. I don't remember his exact size uh, size, but it was you know pretty sizable to say the least. Um big real strong guy. Um you know his punches uh would really really shock the defenders. But you know um. With the size, he was a bit slow. Uh, wasn't great in space, um, and like most of these, uh, you know, power uh, run teams with these, uh, you know, big burly offensive linemen, um, his uh, pass blocking wasn't overly good, but it also wasn't too bad. Um, you know, I think he's a he's a decent day three guy. Um, he has decent feet. Um, to the point where I think with some uh, some training at the next level he could get there, but his his change of direction just isn't quick enough to really 
you know, make his feet good enough to become a uh, a long-term starter in the league. Yeah, and, like, feet is just something that, like, feet and balance, especially balance, yeah. are one of those traits for offensive linemen that you either have or you don't. If yeah. you see a guy who just looks like he's got concrete shoes on, mm-hmm. isn't picking the feet up and putting them back down, or, um, uh, what was the word, a waist bender, one yep. of those then that's kind of like a pretty telling. It really kind of limits their upside. Yeah, you can be a bit of a waist bender, maybe have a little bit of slow feet, but if you, and if you have everything else, you're just strong as an ox, you can you can get away get away with some things in the NFL, but you're never going to be a consistent level starting yeah. offensive lineman without without those traits. And it seems to me like uh this guy, he's probably very fu- very fun to watch, pushes guys around. Mm-hmm. But it's a passing league, and if you can't do that, you're gonna be you're going to be just depth at the next level. Yep, definitely. Um, any what defensive uh, defensive players should we start with? Um, how about this? What's your favorite position to watch on on defense? Because I know a lot of people kind of refer to offensive line as being one of the more difficult positions to learn how to watch. But for me, it's always been linebacker because there's just mm-hmm. so many like complexities with linebacking. I remember watching a linebacker Troy die next year, and I was so confused about why. Like it just always looked like he would attack the wrong gap, but he mm. was attacking the right gap. The runner was just going through a different gap. His gap responsibility was the A gap. Runner went into B gap, and he did nothing wrong. So it was like learning about gap responsibilities, learning about coverage zones, learning about uh, when a linebacker should uh, green dog blitz when his running back in man stops to pass protect like all these things for me made linebacker one of the more tough positions to scout i'm not sure if you feel the same way what are some of your thoughts on scouting linebackers and what were some linebackers that you watched that you'd like to talk about linebackers are definitely tough i agree with you there um you know they have a lot of responsibilities as they're you know the the main like the heart of the defense um, so they have to pass cover, they have to main cover, they have to, uh, you know, support the run game. So they have a lot of things that they're responsible for. And, um, you know, rarely you find a guy that can do it all. Um, and, you know, recognizing that is one of the harder things. So, uh, uh, so far I've talked about, uh, Zach McLeod, uh, from Miami and then, um, Jabril Cox, the, uh, North Dakota transfer to, uh, LSU. Um, and, uh, they're quite, uh, opposite players. Uh, Cox is much more of a, uh, um, you know, sideline to sideline kind of guy, uh, very good in pass coverage. Whereas, uh, McLeod's pretty good in the run game. Um, they both have their flaws. Uh, I'd say Cox is definitely a better player. Um, he's likely to get drafted probably day two cause he has a pretty good athletic, uh, athleticism, but, uh, McLeod's probably going to be a, uh, you know, PFA. Yeah. McLeod's more of a, that run stuffer, and sadly, the uh, two down linebackers going the way of the fullback and the dinosaur. Not not <laughs> really much use in investing in them. Uh, so, 
uh, Cox played at North Dakota State. Were there mm-hmm. any challenges or anything different that you had to take into account when scouting him because he played at the FCS level? I know that scouting, at least for me at the FCS level, I had to watch uh, D'Angelo Amos. I actually kind of had plans of being kind of like the small uh, small school guy. I watched a little bit of Jaquan Hardy out of mm-hmm. Tiffin. Um, what changes did you have to make to scouting to kind of like make sure you're not overhyping a small school guy? Or underhyping him, even. Yeah, so the the goal was to, uh, you know, make sure he was getting the correct uh, level of evaluation. So, like you said, I didn't want to overhype him or underhype him. Um, you definitely got to take in the uh, level of competition that he's facing. It's, you know, miles less than, uh, you know, what he's going to be currently facing in the SEC. Um, so that was definitely, that was, you know, in the back of my mind uh, every time I watched him. But it was um, it was a bit of a struggle. Um, North Dakota is one of the bigger um, teams out there. So there was a decent amount of film available. But, um, you know, even just getting enough to really, really have a uh, good idea of, uh, you know, who he is as a player um, was definitely tough. Yeah, I know. Usually my rule of thumb for scouting small school players is I want to see dominance. I think if you're an FCS player, then you need to be able to dominate the um, dominate the game. Like you're the star of the show. You're the centerpiece. I don't really see too many players who are just I just did my job and did it well type players going from small schools to big schools. You have to be making consistent impact. I saw that in the one game I watched of Jaquan Hardy, uh, just breaking. He was like perfect size for a running back, like 5'9", 225, plays for Division II Tiffin. And yeah, they were handing the ball off to him a majority of the plays. The whole game plan revolved around getting uh, getting him the ball. Um, He could just go off and break two tackles on a play and get 30 yards on you like that. Yeah. He also played a lot of hero ball, which isn't going to fly at the at the next level, like trying to bounce stuff outside and reverse field and do fancy stuff, which you never like to see. But, you know, if he were to get taken in as an undrafted free agent or if he were to nail the combine or do really well in a college all-star game and get drafted in the seventh round, you'd know that would probably have to come to an end. And then I compare that to somebody like D'Angelo Amos, who's like, yeah, he's a good tackler, and he was an, ama- an incredible punt returner, but I didn't see offenses fear him. I didn't see them scared to go deep just because D'Angelo Amos was there. And uh, it is going to be at least kind of interesting with uh, a lot of some of these FCS players. We're going to be able to answer a lot of our questions about uh, Cox from North Dakota State and Amos from uh, James Madison. Amos is going to go play at Virginia, and uh, Cox is going to play at LSU, and it's a lot easier uh, easier to project a player from LSU than it is from North Dakota State. Definitely. <laughs> uh, do you have any thoughts about uh, defensive backs? That's a position that I feel that people think they understand how to scout, but there's actually a lot more to it. I mean, you nailed it on the head right there. Um, I thought I had a real good idea of, uh, you know, DB's jobs. Um, but I, I, I was extremely wrong. Um, it's been an extreme ca- uh, crash course with, uh, them recently, but, um, I've definitely grown with them and, uh, understand them a lot better now. Sweet. Any, pro- any prospect you want to highlight? 
Um, Caden Stearns, uh, I liked him. Um, he was a bit of a uh, weird evaluation. He's um, he's a bit bigger than you uh, would normally see from the free safety position, um, but he definitely has the athleticism, the range, you know, um, everything you want physically to be able to uh, hold up in deep. But um, you know, and uh, I talked to to a few guys about this that um, he might be able to convert to a strong safety that uh, you know, has the ability to come up, but also stay back um, and be just a very useful piece for some teams. Um, so he was definitely a fun evaluation. Yeah. If you're um, if you're projecting players who play one position in college and visualize them being something as a pro, that is a, that is a good sign that you can understand football and kind of. Uh, kind of see forward in a player because yeah. it's it's hard because some uh, some coaches don't put their best players in the best position to succeed yeah. um and it may not be like i'm not like saying it's a bad thing on coaches if you if you really rely on your strong safety and your best free safety is way better than your next best strong safety then it might actually be worse like putting your a uh, really good, uh, great free safety, making him be a good strong safety because the exactly. backup, for, yeah. So being able to kind of recognize what they're being asked to do and see what they might be really good doing at the next level is a great tool, and it it can be real, it can be really difficult. And it was probably a good idea for you to be like, hey, Searle or Rob or Sales, am, am I thinking this thinking this through right? I would probably have done the same thing. Yeah, uh-huh. and a, a lot of um, you know, watching players is kind of just uh, trusting your gut and your instincts and how you feel about a player. Um, you could tell that, like, I could tell immediately that uh, Stearns was, you know, he could play free safety, but I don't think his versatility was getting used, you know, to the best of his ability. Um, so you know, I just went with my gut, talked to a few guys, and you know, came up with that conclusion. Absolutely. All right. Any. Do you have any uh, question, questions for me or any th- anything else you'd like to say? Um, no. no, that's about it. All right. Do you want to uh, sh- uh, share your uh, socials? Any other uh, side projects you'd like to like to promote? Uh, yeah. So um, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, even Facebook. Uh, just T I M L E T T I E R O. Um, I also run the downtown sports network, uh, Dallas Cowboys page on a uh, Twitter. Um, if you know, any of my cowboy fans watching, uh, interested, um, I do a weekly, uh, uh post game analysis. Um, and I actually just did a uh, podcast earlier today with, um, my guy, Joe and, uh, Tyler from, uh, downtown Atlanta Falcons. Um, so that'll hopefully be coming out soon. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yep. How do you feel that my Browns have more wins than your Dallas Cowboys right now? Uh, depressed. Um, dejected. Uh, other D words. Um, now, it, it's it's going to be a long season. Um, you know, with a shortened camp and no preseason, you know, it was bound to happen. So I'm not going to overreact just yet. But uh, Okay. <laughs> so you're saying that the Browns aren't going to be better than the Cowboys the whole entire season. I shouldn't get my hopes too high. <laughs> I should uh, remove this uh, Brown Super Bowl tattoo for this year. Listen, both of our franchises <laughs> have uh, depleted our confidence in them enough to <laughs> not get our hopes up anymore. 
All right, that sounds good. Well, uh, I'm Paul Duncan. I am the football on all my social medias. We are both with XTB uh, Scouting, Expand the Box Score. You can check out all of our scouting reports over there. We got like 230 of them. That they're all like 500 to 600 words. Who's doing that? Not a lot of not a lot of places are going have put out the work that we have, and it would be really awesome if you guys can check it out. Compare your uh, your notes on our favorite uh, our players. Compare them to yours. Let us know what you think. I think we're really trying to we're really building something great here, and we we love as many fans and supporters as possible. All right, thank you guys, thank you Tim, and uh, we'll see you uh, next time for our next show. I think it's going to be a weekly or bi-weekly thing. Anyway, have a great time. Bye.